Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. In the squadron, they called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The one honest judge in all of America. (laughs) Yeah, very, very, very interesting. Terrific, terrific. I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, She got one look at this uh phony plea deal started asking some questions and uh the whole thing collapsed great hunter biden just might face the music after all huh i mean real justice wouldn't that be great wouldn't that be fantastic i i still don't know though if, if, if it's going to happen because right now this judge so they went in there as you know um by the way isn't it hot outside i mean this is i mean yeah i usually don't the, the heat doesn't bother me this is this is getting weird this is get it's just too heavy and I need to go to the pool. Um, it's a summer. I want to go to a swimming pool. We had a pool not too far from where I grew up, the Garden City Pool. We spent all day there, every day. Imagine that, going to a pool all day, every day. Uh, when I was 11, uh, that was great. But uh, right now, that's not the, that's not the situation uh, we're in. That's okay. Um, Hunter Biden is uh, free for now. He entered a not guilty plea. Look. What I loved about what happened yesterday is this is a phony deal. We all knew it was crazy that somehow no j- no jail time for all the stuff that he did, five years of uh, investigation. I mean, and they went through it. They talked about the criminality, criminality that you and I and a jury can understand just straight out. You made $2.6 million in 2017. Did you pay taxes on it? No. Did you know you were supposed to pay taxes on it? Yes. And it goes on and on. Like, in 2018, you made $1.6 million. Did you pay taxes on it? No. Did you know you were supposed to pay it? Yes. Just like that's that's against the law. <laughs> Big time. And this gun thing. And then it looked like at one point the prosecution was serving as defense counsel. The defense and the prosecution, which is the government, we pay the government, the United States of America, seem to be in on this together. What I think happened ultimately was – uh <laughs> Behind the scenes, there was a wink and a nod. We're not gonna, we're not gonna mess with Hunter. We're not gonna prosecute him anymore. But when they got in in front of that judge, and she saw the actual plea agreement, um, she, it just didn't make sense. She had never seen anything like it before, so she started asking questions. And it's kind of beautiful because let's face it, you know, we've been screwed around for a long time, you know. And she listens to these guys. And I actually have the transcript right here. Anything I left out or anything I need to address with respect to the initial appearances, not from the United States, Your Honor, the defense. No, Your Honor. Okay. Now, we have two cases and two agreements, and I understand that the diversion agreement is not something that is typically before the court, but you all did send it to me, so I do want to talk about that a little bit. There are some provisions in these agreements that are not standard and are different from what I normally see. So I think we need to walk through these documents and get some understanding of what is being proposed so that I can give due consideration to the determination that you will all are asking me to make. So I want to start with the criminal actions. 
items 23 through 274, involving tax charges. All right, now, Mr. Biden, you told me that you intend to enter a plea of guilty. And it goes on. It goes on. It gets very technical. It's actually, uh, it's actually, it can be a little bit boring. But if you like this stuff and if you've been kind of following this situation, you realize, wow, finally. And you know what? Hunter Biden has to stand up there in open court and admit to some of these crazy deals, to admit that he's been getting money from the Chinese, to admit that uh, he's been getting money from Ukraine. He did that. He actually did it. And that's some satisfaction, satisfaction for people who called us conspiracy theorists, for people who say we are just, uh, uh, you know, making stuff up and we're uh, we're crazy. Right. I've heard that. I've heard that a lot. Let me go here. Um, all right. In the third paragraph, uh, I hate I hate reading this. But, all right. Wait, the judge asked, uh, let's see, you get a million dollar payment into your bank account as payment for legal fees from Patrick Ho, Hunter Biden, the defendant, says, Yes, Your Honor. Who was that payment received from? Was that the law firm? Received from Patrick Ho, Your Honor. Mr. Ho himself? Yes, Your Honor. Were you doing legal work for him, separate and apart from the law firm? Yes, Your Honor. Well, (laughs) the defense lawyer gets in there. Uh, That wasn't through Boyce Schiller, Your Honor. Mr. Biden was engaged as an attorney. The court. Right. So that's why I asked. You were doing work for him. The defendant. My own law firm, not as counsel. The court. So you had your own law firm as well? Hunter Biden. I think Owasco PT acted as a acted as a law firm entity. Yeah. The court. Okay. The defendant. I believe that's the case, but I don't know that for a fact. (laughs) He doesn't know if he had a law firm. He doesn't know. (laughs) He, He was getting bribe for his father okay that's it he can't say that he can't say now they dressed it up to make it look like something else right i am an attorney and i have this uh llc so we can make it look like it's a it's a business transaction it's a bribe it's a bribe and at the moment right here hunter is high as a kite back then he's totally stoned and making 2.6 million dollars at least that we can account for what services can be provided? You know, and by the way, he's not one of these high-functioning drug addicts or high-functioning alcoholics. Because we've seen, I've seen the stuff of him uh, running around uh, uh, rooms with prostitutes. He's a total and complete mess, and he makes no sense half the time. And all of his associates from Ukraine to China are complaining about him, that, he, that he's an idiot and he doesn't know anything. <laughs> so I, I just, I like, I, 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 am I enjoying it too much? Maybe. But you know what? After being called a conspiracy theorist and uh, an insurrectionist and it's all in your mind. No, this is uh, this is good. All right. Now she goes. Uh, the, the All right. The, the judge says in the next paragraph, there are more references to self-assessed tax. Is that the same as we discussed previously? The amount of tax that he determined he owed? Yes, your honor. The judge. And at the top of the last page, and also in item one of the last paragraph, or maybe all of those paragraphs, there is a reference to a third party who paid your tax liability. Is it the same person who paid all the outstanding liability? The defendant. Yes. Yes, Your Honor. I took a loan from that individual. The, the judge. You took a loan? The defendant. Yes. The court. Do you make payments on that loan? The defendant. Uh, not currently, Your Honor. Uh, but it's a normal, uh, typical loan with terms and a, uh, time frame. 
<laughs> that I guess gives you a pass from making payments right now. <laughs> you got this money. You got this money in 2019. When the hell, when the hell are you going to start paying it back? Okay. All right. Let's now look at paragraph nine. The, uh, <laughs> all right, so she's just, she's fantastic here. She's fantastic. Now here's what I'm worried about because in, in, in a month, she could, she could totally cave. She could totally cave and, and sign on to this nonsense. It is possible because right now people are laying, are leaning on her. Do you realize that you are making MAGA, MAGA insurrectionists like Greg Kelly happy right now? That they're applauding you? Do you want to be a, do you want to be a hero to the far right wing MAGA crowd, MAGA extremists? And that's going to, that potentially, I hope she's tough. I hope she can see right through that. And judge, if you're listening, <laughs> I'm about as right as they come when it comes to MAGA. And you know what that means? Okay. <laughs> that means we want a strong border. All right. That means we don't want to get into foreign wars that we lose. We don't want to fight wars unless it's absolutely necessary. We don't like regulation. All right. There has to be some, but we generally speaking, uh, less is better than more. Um, what else? Taxes, we'd like to see them kept to a minimum. Uh, Second Amendment, we believe in that. We also believe on judging people based on the content of their character, not the color of their skin. All right. These are some of the what I call the hallmarks of being MAGA. All right. Make America great again. Come to this country, but come here legally. It doesn't matter what you look like. It matters about what you got upstairs and in your heart, in your brain and in your heart. All right. We're not racist or anything like that. Don't believe them. They're lying about us to cover their greed and corruption like that you see right in front of you. It's right there in front of you. You know, I know you know it. I'm not lecturing you, but I am saying that pretty soon they're going to, well, it's happening right now. So they are cutting and they have been for years, all kinds of rules, all kinds of standards, all kinds of laws, because they think the end justifies the means that you have to stop Trump and stop his supporters because we as Judge Ludig once said, probably in a drunken stupor, Donald Trump and his supporters are a clear and present danger to American democracy. You remember that? Donald Trump and his supporters are a clear and present danger to American democracy. Ah, the nerve of that guy. The nerve of all of them. So I like this. I like this very much. Uh, let's see here. Uh, it's my responsibility under the statute to impose a sentence that is sufficient but not greater than... Why do they underline that part? That seems a little bit... Okay, I'm going to skip that. Um, hmm. Let's go to 75, page 75. Uh, oh, here's my really favorite part. So when they let him go, because they could technically lock him up, but when they let him go, they make him sign all these... Uh, you gotta, you got to agree to the following things while you await whatever comes next. You can't drink alcohol. You can't do drugs. You can't do marijuana. You can't um, own or handle a firearm. Um, and you have to get a job. You have to actively seek employment. And I like that one because prosecutors have, uh, well, his defense attorneys claim that he's in, indigent, that he has no money. Remember, he went to Ireland with his father, and he was so poor that he couldn't get his own hotel room. So he had to stay in the presidential suite on a cot. That he has no salary, so he doesn't have enough money to pay for that daughter of his in Arkansas. You know, the presidential granddaughter. That once again, we're back to totally ignoring. Um, so they've pleaded poverty. And if that's true, then you better get yourself a job. And the judge seems to understand that being an artist, 
hey, there are artists out there, working artists, right, who actually you know, make an honest living being an artist. It's tough, but they're out there. That's not Hunter Biden. I've seen his junk art. You have too. Uh, 1.6 million, apparently, he got in 2021. 2021. But he needs the structure of a job, which he doesn't have right now. But I tell you, there's also this. I think he, um, I think he's enjoying the the attention. Did you see him go in and out of the courtroom? There was something about it that was kind of like, yeah, look, I'm a star. I'm a big shot. All these cameras are here for me. This motorcade is here for me. Why does hell? Why does he have a seven vehicle motorcade? You know, <laughs> traditionally, my sense is, and I'm not revealing like classified information because I don't, but. They get, I think, one or two agents tops when they go out in public, presidential children. It's not 24-7. It's not uh, – they don't travel everywhere with you. You do threat assessments. Now, granted, he's a guy who's, you know, he's very recognizable right now. And, yeah, okay, he needs some security. But does he have to come in like he's the emperor of uh, Tajikistan, right? Do you remember – what was that, coming to America – when the, when the motorcade comes in front of the Waldorf Astoria Hotel, and they're playing, that's what it looked like. Except there were no girls who were throwing rose petals in in front of him. All right, give me a moment, please. Thank you. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, you may have heard. Uh, everyone's writing about it. I interviewed uh, Bill Stevenson, who's the ex-husband of Jill Biden. I uh, might be talking to him very soon here. Uh, great guy. Um, look, Joe tells a story about how he met Jill, uh, and it's not true. Uh, not a word of it is true. Um, actually, here's that fairy tale they tell uh, They tell everybody, and they're pretty good at telling it. They've told it so often. Cut 20, please. Hmm? When I met Jill, I knew. My brother said, there's this woman, you'll really like her, Joe. So I gave her a call, and she had a date that night. You said, um, do you think you could break your date? Oh, that's right. And, and, and what would you do? <laughs> well, I called and uh, told the guy that I had a friend in from out of town and went out with Joe. Uh, break your date? What about break your marriage? Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, but that's, uh, yeah. Uh, she was married to another man named Bill Stevenson when Joe met them both. All right. Joe met Bill first. Uh, it's true. Um, next cut, please. Cut 21. I, I wasn't big on the whole date scene thing. But when I met Jill, I fell in love with her when I saw her. He said, I'd really like to see you again. So he, he's looking at his calendar and he's, oh, Thursday. No, no, I'm really busy. No, I'm busy Friday. How about tomorrow? <laughs> And I thought, buddy, you just blew your cover. She's owned me since then. <laughs> well, it's very cute, but it's all not true. They made it up. That's totally contrived. All right. I mean, totally. It's, it's a lie. It is a flat out lie. Now, here's Bill Stevenson, who was married to Jill um, in 1972 when Joe met her. Cut 18, please. So you were friends with Joe Biden. Oh, yeah. Right before the election in 72. Jill, Joe, Neil, and I were in his kitchen. 
How do you forget that? Stevenson says his first inkling something was up came when Jill refused to go with him to meet Bruce Springsteen, who was booked to appear at the Stone Balloon. He said, uh, Jill asked me to keep an eye on the boys. And I just thought to the back of my mind, hmm. Hmm. And it gets worse. He, he, here comes the evidence. Cut 19. One day, he says a man came into his bar and asked him to pay damages for a fender bender that involved Jill. He looks at me and he says, oh, she wasn't driving. I said, her beloved Corvette, she wasn't driving it? He goes, Senator Biden was driving it. And I went, what? What is right? Now, look, uh, I talked to Bill uh, last night and uh, talked to him a couple of times. Great guy. And he doesn't have any real bitterness toward, uh, toward Jill. Look. Uh, half of all marriages, they say, end in divorce, although I think that's actually, maybe it's not that high. And a lot of times infidelity is a factor, and they had an affair. And that can be heartbreaking, but it happened, and, and Bill doesn't really, you know, he, he moved on. However, Joe came after him in a total abuse of power, tried to make his life a living hell, uh, sicked the FBI on him, sicked the FBI on this poor guy. What happened was Jill sued for a lot of money from Bill Stevenson. The judge is like, uh, you don't, you're not owed a damn thing, actually. <laughs> you want 1.7 million? Here's 10 grand. We'll leave it at that. That made Joe furious. And one day in 1982, <laughs> Bill Stevenson is hauled into federal court for not paying payroll taxes. He had a thriving business at a place called the Stone Balloon. And, um, they said he was $8,000 late he didn't pay eight thousand dollars in payroll taxes so they indicted him on a felony tax count eight thousand dollars he didn't pay they say for the first quarter of 1982 all right first quarter that's january february and march did not pay eight thousand dollars total when did they bring him into court april 21st (laughs) three weeks at the end of the quarter they're all them into federal court charging him with a felony you compare that to what the, what the Hunter situation, you know, who can empathize a little bit. Donald Trump is absolutely amazing what they've done. And that wasn't, that was only the beginning of it. Only the beginning. Bill Stevenson joins us, uh, in just a moment. Stay with us, please. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, the uh, the family of the alleged Gilgo Beach killer is back in that house in Massapequa Park. Um, got video of them, and they're sitting on the front porch. They look totally miserable. Who wouldn't be in these circumstances? And the media, of course, taking pictures of them. But uh, they're all back there, the uh, the wife, the son, and the daughter. And they're going through hell right now. I really feel for them. My goodness. Uh, just Maybe they want to sit on the back porch, not the front porch. Everyone's looking at them, and everybody wants to know, hey, you're selling the house. It looks like the town wants to buy the house. Anyway, hey, I, I point that out because that's right now number one on the New York Post website. Uh, it was number one up until 10 minutes ago when this took over, but it's number two right now. The next story is the story that we were just talking about, Bill Stevenson, uh, who I interviewed yesterday. He was uh, married to Jill Biden uh, for a couple of years in the 1970s. Uh, as I pointed out, Joe made a move on her, broke up a marriage. But look, things happen. The real problem is they, Joe 
took his vengeance out on Bill Stevenson for many, many, many years. Sick the FBI on him, it looks like. Bill Stevenson joins us on the phone from Delaware. Bill, uh, welcome and thank you. Great job last night. How you doing? Greg, thank you very much. I mean, talk about amazing. Uh, after your show and through today, I've heard from people not just all over the United States, but from two or three countries around the world. Uh, thank you very much for that opportunity to get my story out there. Well, it was a total honor. And, you know, I did see your story initially two years ago, maybe three years ago. I guess it was in 2020. And you told part of the story. You wanted it kind of understood, you know, how Joe really met Jill because they had this fairy tale vision, um, this fairy tale portrayal. And I just noticed that you did it, you know, with humanity. You know, you were hurt back then. It was truthful, but somehow you did it without disrespecting Jill. And that's what I really liked. It was kind of amazing. Um, anyway, tell us a little bit about what happened, if you don't mind, um, how you met, uh, how you met Senator Biden and what happened. Skip the Caleb Boggs part, if you don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> Greg, it was sort of like one of those summer romances. It was 1969 in Ocean City, New Jersey, just south of where you are now. Uh, a beautiful beach. I spent my summers down there. I worked down there. I was at a car wash, and I looked up, and I saw three young ladies looking at my car. And uh, I put the car wash brush down, and I said, how are you? And they were asking what kind of car it was, and one of those young ladies was Joe. I talked to her for a couple minutes. She told me where she worked, right down the street, and they were on their way to work. And that I should come in for breakfast. Well, the next day I went in for breakfast. And uh, I explained to her that I was leaving for Woodstock the next day. And uh, it was great to meet her. And I'll see her when I get back in a couple days, which was turned out to be five. Five days later, I asked her out on a date. We went to a birthday party. And uh, to make a long story short, seven months later, we were married in February of 1970. Very beautiful. Uh, so far, that sounds great. And you're, um, <laughs> what were you doing for a living um, at that point? At that point, I had uh, had a job at, at in Ocean City. A lot of people probably have heard of the Chatterbox. I was actually the owner of the Chatterbox. I owned another place on the beach, which is now Bob's Burgers, not like the TV show, The Real Place. And I worked a little bit at the Chatterbox and a little bit at the Bob's Burgers. I had come up with a plan in August to buy a van, take it to Woodstock, and start a delivery business when I got back. The problem was the van didn't come in until after Woodstock, so I took my car. Uh, I've been running that delivery business ever since, 1969. We made our first delivery in August, and uh, I invited Jill to come to Newark, Delaware, and visit. After we had gone out a couple times, she came to Delaware, loved it. I said, Let's, you want to go to the University of Delaware? I had contacts there, and uh, she started school that fall. Wow. All right. So we all know that she became a doctor, doctorate in education. So, all right. So how did you meet Joe Biden? And if you got to tell Joe us about Biden, Kayla Boggs, that's fine. No, 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 no. Joe Biden was suggested that I go visit him. Because I was having some difficulties. I'm the founder of a very famous bar that a lot of people in New York are familiar with and around the world. It's called the Stone Balloon Tavern and Concert Hall. Uh, I 
literally dropped off the University of Delaware football team, continued my delivery business, and one day figured out a way how to buy this beautiful building, the property, the liquor licenses. Uh, the funny part was I was only 21, had to wait till 22 to transfer the license, and I want to meet Joe Biden to help me get this liquor license transferred and maybe get the city of Newark off my back. Uh, we became friends. He was running for the Senate. Since he was helping me, I helped him. The bar was an instant success. I mean, to say the least, it went on in the next 10 years to gross $30 million. And, uh, it was an amazing place. I lent and, uh, actually donated $10,900 to Joe's Senate campaign. So we became friends and uh, everything was fine. He was elected. Uh, his wife was tragically killed in an automobile accident. Everybody knows that story in November. It was horrible. And uh, right before the election, my wife, Jill, met Nelia and Joe in their kitchen at the at the dining room table, at the dinner table in their kitchen, and looked over some campaign information that we were passing out at the Stone Balloon. That, regardless of any story you hear, is the fact. Jill, Joe, Nelia, and I were in the kitchen together in 1972, a month before the election. And that, so that's how Joe met Jill. And um, correct. All right. So at some point, and we played the Inside Edition clip, but you find out that some, how long after that? Do you think uh, Joe was having a relationship with Jill, who was your wife at the time? There are so many false uh, rumors out there. Like he was uh, met her in like 1970 before me. I mean, it was crazy. The fact is very simple. I found out in August I was supposed to go uh, literally deliver payment to Bruce Springsteen in 1974. And I asked Jill to go with me up to New Jersey to pay he and his management uh, a down payment for his appearance, which was turned out to be August 13th, 1974. Uh, so we're figuring it's the first week of August. And at that point, she told me that uh, she had agreed with Joe to watch the boys. At that point, that was when Hunter and Bo were probably about five and seven, give or, give or take a year. But uh, that's when something came up. And then approximately a month later, I verified this information when they unfortunately backed her birthday present, which was a 1974 Corvette, into another car on a Wednesday night in September. And they told the gentleman that they were going to come back and pay for the accident the next day, and they never did. And he wrote the tag number down realized that Senator Biden was driving the car and came down a couple of days to my business address, told me the story, and then I knew for sure that Joe and Joe were having an affair in August of 1974. Wow. All right. So uh, the senator, he's a, he's, a, he's a United States senator right there. Um, what'd you do next? I mean, was the marriage over in your mind at that point? At that point, yes. I just, um, yeah, it was hurtful, but I understand how things like that can go wrong. Uh, I also understand that uh, she was really getting into, like, education at that point. She was going to school, and I am starting one of the most successful bars in the country. I didn't realize how big and successful it was going to be, but I was working a lot of hours. And listen, as I said last night, and I've, as I've told the world often, 
I have no hard feelings about Jill. Things happen. This happened. It was no big deal. Where my problem is, Greg, that we talked about last night, which has really caught a lot of people's attention, this guy, for some reason, after a wicked divorce trial where she didn't get what she wanted, has been coming after me in one way or another, exactly like he's coming after former President Trump now. He came after me for 35 years. When I was watching what was going on with President Trump now, I just realized he is doing the same thing to him. I want to get back. I want to pursue that in a moment. I want to go back, though, to uh, you find out there's something going on. There's a relationship. The marriage is essentially over. Did you ever confront Joe? Because you were friends and, you know, friends and he moved in. You know, look, he made him moved in on your wife. I mean, did you ever confront him about that? Actually, never. Why not? Uh, at that point, I said to myself, she made a decision. Uh, the biggest problem was her father was like so upset. It was hard to believe he was doing everything. He kept, he, he came down and visited me. I loved her father. I loved her mother. Uh, her sisters are amazing. Uh, my big regret was I wasn't losing Jill. I was losing the Jacobs family. Wow. I loved them. They took me uh, in. They uh, they were amazing. That was the big loss. Yeah. I never really worried about Joe. At that point, I just said to myself, I don't care. He never reached out to me. I never reached out to him. When do you start feeling the heat? Like, okay, Joe Biden's mad at you. And uh, how does that start manifesting itself? Out of the clear blue, I thought we had made a deal where I would uh, – I was – giving Jill approximately a million dollars. She was just about 21, 22 years old. Uh, you know, I was 25. The bar had been amazing, successful at that point. Uh, they were suing me for half the stone balloon or two or three million payment. Uh, I thought we settled for one million. And then she made a drastic mistake. She dumped her law firm, canceled the deal, and used Joe Biden's law firm, a gentleman named Melvin Monzik. Uh, it was a bitter, very, very bitter three-day testimony from people uh, that the, what the bar was worth. But when she was on the stand for four hours, I could not believe it was the same woman I married. Uh, just one uh, false statement after another that I was hiding money, that this was going on and that was going on. I couldn't believe it. Uh, to this day, I feel she was coached and that didn't even bother me. At the end of the divorce trial, she pretty much lost everything. I couldn't believe it. Well, uh, yeah, and, and, and she was going after you for millions. She didn't get that. Uh, shortly thereafter, she marries Joe. So they're married. Uh, Senator and Mrs. J uh, Biden. They're an item. Um when when did they start coming after you? And I'm particularly interested in the night in 1982. The stone balloon is thriving. I kind of went into this a little bit earlier. Um, you missed payroll taxes for the first quarter of 1982. That's January, February, and March. That's what they allege, at least eight thousand dollars. And then <laughs> you're indicted in federal court in April. Is that right? April? The quarter's over. What is, Go ahead. What is crazy about this, Greg? Is they appealed one of the houses that was in Jill and my name. It took six years. 
you got to remember, he's, again, just starting to run for his uh, second term in office. And that was in 84. I get up in the morning. I'm served for this wicked divorce trial. Then after we win, I'm served that they're appealing this. It took years. It drove it all the way up to 1982. Where things really got bitter was when Jill had to come to my lawyer's office and sign off the deed of the house. Within three months, my brother and I were both indicted for being late eight days on the first quarter of withholding tax in 1982. At that point, the bar had already grossed over $30 million, and I had already generated almost $5 million in taxes. I had always paid my taxes. We were late eight days. And as it turns out, the check was actually in the mail. And we were... Uh, we were in, in big trouble. Folks, big trouble. I've seen For over eight grand. I've seen the papers. I mean, I've seen the federal court uh, documents. This is this is true. They hauled you in for eight days late federal court a felony a felony charge you compare that to the misdemeanor that uh that hunter is facing right now um what happens next now it's you and your brother your brother's name is george right that's correct you're both charged together he takes the blame and he actually pleads guilty is that right yeah there's it's all was almost hard to believe my lawyer my friends, people around me said, this is ridiculous. You can uh, you can win this case. Uh, the money was paid. Everything seemed to be going fine. And out of the clear blue, a lawyer came and advised us that they would take our liquor license away, that there would be no more stone balloon uh, because the liquor license was in my name. If I was convicted, that would be the end of the stone balloon. My brother makes an appointment, goes down to the courthouse, pleads guilty, packs his bags, sold his house, and moved to California and has never been back since. Did you? It was devastating. This was my brother. Yeah. We were, like, inseparable. Everybody knows the love between my brother and I. And, Greg, as I said last night, over this, we didn't talk for almost 40 years. When this is all going down, I mean— you probably put two and two together. You connect the dots. You realize Joe Biden has it out for you. Um, did you did you sound that? Did you ring that bell? Did you sound that alarm? Did you say, hey, I'm innocent here. Joe Biden's harassing me. That's what I think's going on here. I know you actually appealed. You said this is selective prosecution, but you didn't say it was because of Joe Biden. You didn't mention Joe Biden. Were you mentioning Joe Biden anywhere? Like, hey, this is personal. Well, what was amazing about it, the News Journal actually said that this is uh, seems to be politically motivated in one of their articles. Uh, so somebody was listening, but vaguely. He was so powerful back then. Listen, this guy is a bitter man. Uh, I think people are beginning to see it right now as things unravel a little bit uh, with everything going on around him. And uh, I knew it from day one. I knew it. I knew he had a temper back. In 1972, there were warnings back then. But when he started to come after me, it just never stopped. It was one thing after another. And actually, I think one of the his brothers, you say, told you that to your face, correct? Well, right before when, when they, she had to come, she was very upset about 
signing off of this house. I think they had told her, hey, look, he's going to give you the house. But I finally drew the line after with everything going on. Frankie Biden, who came up to me and right after 1982, when she had to sign the house over to me, Frankie Biden came up and threatened me. He said, you should have given her the house. Now you've got real problems. You've got real problems with my brothers and I. That's why I call Frankie, Jimmy, and President Biden uh, the Biden crime family. I'm not the one that started that, but I now use it. Wow. Um, And back then, it's the 80s. You know, we don't have the Internet. Delaware is a small state. It's not, you know, reporters aren't coming down from New York or coming up from Washington. And what it's probably kind of what, what, what Joe says goes. It's a little bit like the Wild West. You can get away with this kind of crap. There's not a bunch of... And the media is all kind of liberal and uh, they're kind of scarce as well. You had nobody to turn to. Hey, do me a favor, Bill. Can you stick around? I got to go to a commercial. Can you stick around for a moment? Absolutely. All great. Right. Thank you. We'll be right back with Bill Stevenson. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, Bill Stevenson joins us once again. Uh, Bill, as we wrap up the hour, um, gosh, you know, you're just, a, you're a class act. You're a real class act. You, you're speaking the truth. You're doing it respectfully. You know, you could probably say a lot of things, but, uh, bottom line, what would you like people to understand about you and the Bidens and anything else you want to say? The situation between the Bidens and I was 40 years ago, but it continues 35 years ahead to the current period of time. All of a sudden, in the past couple months, the past year and a half, I'm beginning to look at a pattern here. And I said to myself, President Biden is doing exactly the same thing to President Trump that he did with me. Ruin my life, try to ruin my business, try to ruin my reputation. And I'm just not going to let it happen, Greg. I have not uh, spoken out about anything. I'm not being derogatory to my ex-wife. I still care about her, like I said last night. And I care about everything going on more now than my whatever my future is. I just can't let this happen without telling everybody that he did it once. He's doing it again. And it's just not fair. It's just not fair. And people are, are are seeing it. Your story has gone uh, viral, as they say. Uh, you'll see. And, you know, it doesn't matter what happens with this in the next day or so, although it is making an impact. UK Daily Mail, New York Post, Mediaite, others uh, on Twitter, on uh, on Instagram, on the Internet. But this is history. People are going to be able to reference this. And the New York Times, sooner or later, will not be able to ignore it anymore. They ignored that granddaughter for a long time, but they're they're going to come around in the rest. Bill, it's a very important contribution, very important story to be continued, sir. And we'll be right back. Thank you, Bill. Greg Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
Hey, wasn't that great talking to Bill Stevenson? Uh, we thank him again. Bill Stevenson, prominent businessman in, in Delaware, was married to Jill, now the first lady of the United States, uh, married for several years in the 1970s. And, uh, wow, what a story. You know, the part that, uh, I initially found most intriguing was, yeah, Joe Biden moving in another man's wife as a sitting United States senator. I mean, that's pretty low. But look, things do happen, and he acknowledged that. Things happen. You know, things happen. Nobody's perfect or whatever. And uh, so it, what is, it is what it is, you might say. Um, it's not nice. It's a lot of things. You should ask for forgiveness. There's a lot of things that go with that, but it is what it is. Um, but they should have just left Bill alone. <laughs> they wanted vengeance. Vengeance. There was a lawsuit, as there sometimes is, a divorce, right? You know, and your property's... Uh, and um, she didn't get what she wanted, and Bill took it out on – I'm sorry, uh, Senator Biden took it out on Bill, the FBI showing up eight days after a uh, a late payment of 8000 bucks. Eight days later, and the check is in the mail, nailing him for $8,000. You're in federal court charged with a felony in April for not paying a bill that was due on March 31st. Can you imagine such a thing? FBI was showing up throughout his life. Weird kinds of uh, almost entrapment. Entrapment. That's what was happening. And that's how uh, Joe Biden rolled uh, for all those years as a United States senator. You got to remember, Joe became a big shot in 1972. Senator elect in November of 1972. You know what happens with a lot of these guys? He's 29 years old. You know what happens? They stop growing. They stop developing. Seriously. Once somebody achieves a great deal of success, often, not always, but often, it stunts their growth. And you don't really have to do all that much as a senator anyway. You know, big smile, do favors, shake people down, right? It's not like you have to have any tremendous skill. So, <laughs> I mean, let's face it. City Councilman Joe Biden, uh, you know, dunce of Wilmington, um, you know, low man at the fourth largest law firm in Wilmington, which means there were like three guys who worked there. I mean... He had no business being a United States senator, right? But he actually thought he got there on merit or whatever. And that state's just so dinky and ridiculous uh, to have a United States senator. I'm sorry. Look, no disrespect to Delaware. But what I'm saying is it's incredible. You know, you have Jacob Javits from New York State and you had Joe Biden from Delaware, right, with the same position, the same vote, one of 100. So um, it all went to his head. And uh, the media protected him and uh, he could do whatever the hell he wanted. And uh, now we're seeing it. We're seeing a small time politician, actually. In many ways, he is small time. Because what, what he, he learned how to be a politician, really learned the ropes as a city councilman. So he's small time. And now we see it on the big stage. He has nothing that they said he had. He's no empathy. He has no compassion. He's always yelling at people. He's always putting people down, wagging his finger in that construction worker's face. Right. Calling that guy fat. Remember lying dog faced pony soldier. Who is this idiot? I'm sorry, but who is this person? How the America is a great country. We deserve an above average person as president, don't we? Don't we? At least above average. Please. That's all I want. Above average. Somebody who's above average. And Joe is not that. He's just a very mediocre guy who got lucky. He got very lucky and he thinks he's talented. He's not. And to hassle that poor guy. Anyway, we're glad he was there. You know, and then you think I'm looking at it after this Hunter Biden thing and I'm looking at his real crimes, crimes that we can understand. Right. And Donald Trump is about to be indicted for complaining to Georgia officials about the election. To say 
Uh, you guys should find the uh, 8,000 votes because I know they're out there somewhere. You didn't say create votes. You're allowed to complain about elections in America, at least up until now. You're allowed to complain. And you're allowed to follow the Constitution. You're allowed to follow the law, the Electoral Count Act of 1887, which says if you have a congressman who objects and a senator who objects and it's in writing, then they must debate that issue. They must debate the electoral count. It's allowed. It's within the law. And you know what happened on January 6th. A lot of people get it wrong. They think that uh, they stormed the Capitol. They stormed the Capitol to stop the counting of electoral votes. No. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. What happened was they let them into the Capitol. They let them in to stop the objections. It was the objections they were afraid of. You see? You see the difference? And if you look at the timing and you look at how they killed Ashley Babbitt at that key moment, I got to check in with the Babbitts. They are great people, by the way, great people. And uh, they've been contemplating a gargantuan task, which is suing the federal government. That's very tough. You know, um, we did see it was wild that that plea deal fell apart. Now, everyone's going to stop talking about it. It was interesting to watch the media acknowledge that Hunter Biden exists and that he has very serious legal problems. Um, I think most people can understand what I'm about to uh, go through here. This is page 31 of the the hearing that happened yesterday. This is the prosecutor who stands up and says all this stuff. You ready? Prosecutor-wise. Hunter Biden continued to earn handsomely and spend wildly in 2018. He received a little over $2.6 in business and consulting fees from the company he formed with the CEO of a Chinese business conglomerate and the Ukrainian energy company. However, without the structure of a stable business partner and still in the throes of addiction, Biden essentially ignored his tax obligations, withholding only approximately $38,000, less than 6% of the taxes owed. Tax returns and filings for tax year 2018 were due on April 15th of 2019. On that date, Biden traded emails with his D.C. accountant and his attorney about seeking an extension. The accountant advised Biden of his obligation to make a tax payment on that date, irrespective of the extension to file a return. Ultimately, the extension was filed, making the return due on October 15, 2019. Biden, however, paid nothing. As with tax year 2017, at the time his 2018 tax payment was due, Biden continued to have substantial income and the ability to pay his tax liability, having received payments totaling approximately $758,000 during March and April of 2019. By late May, Biden had spent almost the entire sum on personal expenses, including large cash withdrawals, payments to or on behalf of his children, credit card balances, and car payments for his Porsche. After numerous programs and trips to rehab, Biden got sober in May 2019, the same month he married his current wife. He has remained sober since. Biden remained in California and spent much of 2019 painting and developing plans for his memoir, which he began working on through the fall and into the winter. During the summer of 2019, he was sued in two different domestic relations lawsuits, both seeking payment of support obligations. He still did not, however, make preparations to file or actually file either his 2018 individual or corporate income tax returns on or about October 18th, 2019. All right, this is this is a crime. <laughs> this is a crime right here. All right, we can all understand that. Millions and millions and millions of dollars are coming in, and he pays 38000 <laughs> Here, take that, 38000 all right? He's, and he doesn't feel like he has to pay him. All right, this is, this is felony tax evasion. 
And this is just the the tip, the tip of the proverbial iceberg. I can understand that. Can't you what I just read? It's really straightforward. Now, what are they getting Trump on? He pressured election officials in Atlanta to, um, yeah, what? What do you, to usurp democracy? Uh, how so? Raffensberger felt uncomfortable. He told people to peacefully and patriotically, but he was inciting a riot. Yes, he was. I can't wait to see these documents because they're going to be a joke. They're not going to read like this. They're gonna, and those idiots on uh, fake news. What's that guy's name? Is always on MSNBC. Um, White Weissman. He was the he was he was the head lawyer on the on the Russia hoax. He was the head lawyer on the Mueller probe, which is another scandal. So this stuff is phony, and the American people can see it. This stuff on Hunter's real. It's real. The unholy alliance between the government. And Hunter Biden's lawyers, that was real, too, until the judge said, what the hell is going on between you two? Hello? What? You're going to do what? You're going to try to get what? See, they've been acting with impunity and with absolutely no fear of anybody calling them out on this stuff. Because, you know, what they can do to me and you and and Fox and other conservative media, they can just say, well, that's MAGA right-wing extremists. Don't listen to anything they do or say. Because they're MAGA right wing and they're, they're insurrectionists. Now, those are total lies. Oh, by the way, if you want to call me right wing, fine. But I'll define what right wing is, okay? <laughs> Strong border. Judge us on the content of our character, our brain, and our heart, not on the color of our skin. A strong defense, but let's not get into dopey foreign wars that we have no business being in. And if we do get into a war, let's win it, Okay. We like less regulation, not more. We like the Second Amendment. We like the Constitution. <laughs> we don't like drag queens hanging around children in school. Is that so? Is that so right? Is that so offensive? I bet. I bet I can find if you got rid of all the the toxic propaganda. I bet I could get most Democrats to agree with the stuff I just said. Don't you? But they. They try to tarnish us with MAGA. MAGA. Oh, like MAGA. MAGA. The way they say it, it sounds like maggot. MAGA. And you get people like judge, like judges. There are real people out there who don't have the time, bandwidth, inclination. All right? All they want to do is keep their power and status. People like Judge Ludig, that broken down drunk of a lawyer who used to work. He, he wanted to be on the Supreme Court. They wouldn't let him. So he became a bitter, mean fool, made bill- millions of dollars working for Boeing, and then he goes on Capitol. Forget about the Supreme Court. We got a Supreme Court. He didn't make it. And during that whole January 6th thing, the uh, between the uh, – he, he's putting out statements that Vice President Pence has no business doing anything other than counting the votes. And everybody says, that's it. End of story. Case closed. He's a retired judge. Who the hell cares? And then he comes in during the hearings and said – you and I are clear and present dangers to democracy. Oh, we have that? Listen to it. Uh, yeah, what the hell? Go ahead. Donald Trump and his allies and supporters are a clear and present danger to American democracy. All right. Now, this guy who just said that he's not like 
He's not a radical. He's a, he's a mainstream Republican dude. Now, people like that are calling up the judge in the Hunter Biden case right now and saying those kinds of lies. And some people actually believe it. Oh, January 6th. Did you see January 6th? These people must be stopped. Now, what about Black Lives Matter in 2020? Oh, that was, that was right. You see, they, <laughs> a lot of people are weak and they just go with the flow and they kind of read the room and they know what's okay to say and they know what's not okay to say and cancel culture is real. So, and especially if you have, uh, <laughs> well, I'll get into that later. Hey, did you see the, the bike Karen thing? I'll skip that for now. Those people are back. The Hoyerman family is back at the house in Gilgo Beach. Isn't that wild? Poor people. And they're suffering. I do think that, uh, well, I don't know what I think. I don't know what I think. I'm just wondering what it's like to be them. It's got to be tough in this. My, my, my heart does go out to them a bit and to the victims and the victims' families, of course. All right. Your calls when I come back. Thank you. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. All right. Uh, who's there? Let's try Marlotta or Carlotta uh, from Rhode Island. Who is this? Hi, Carlotta. I thought I so. Mean, hi. hi. Hi, Greg. Yeah, you're Carlotta. you're Carl. You're yeah. That. Okay. So what's up? Anyway, I I can't believe you don't know the story, and I'm sure he did, but I guess both of you forgot to mention it. Biden did the same exact thing to the man who was in the accident with his first wife. Now, number one, I don't see, you know, you start this with, you don't remember the story. I can't believe you didn't mention it. Now, we had a lot to talk about, and I know exactly where you're going, all right? You're talking about the truck driver and, uh, what, Joe saying that he was a drunk and all that stuff? Yes. Yeah, I know I know that story. I mean, I know that. I mean, you didn't have to come out, I can't believe you didn't say that. I mean, it's a it's a separate story. All right. So we all know that, you know, I, I I don't sit around saying everything that's ever been written or published or that I know about Joe Biden at any given moment. But I know that and he had apologized. He actually gave a half assed, half baked apology finally. And uh, there was almost a legal settlement because the family was complaining about it. I don't know if they were ever pursued legally. I don't think he had nearly the trouble that uh, that Bill Stevenson had, the truck driver. Um, so but Carlotta, yeah, I'm familiar. And uh, I'm sorry, you could not believe. I don't think it was a, a huge omission, to be honest. Okay. Well, but it, it's just so indicative of his M.O. But anyway, they did settle. He just had to agree. All his daughter wanted in court was for him to agree never to tell that story publicly again. All she wanted to do was clear her father's name. Yeah, she but- wanted. he was going around saying that the driver that, that Nelia Biden had a, 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 an accident with, collided with, that he had a liquid lunch. He just loved that phrase, liquid lunch. You know, I think that was invented at about 19. So he drank his lunch. He used to drink his lunch. And somehow, you know, a story, It's it, it seemed even more sympathetic, you know, that Jill was, that, uh, sorry, Nelia and the daughter were killed by a drunk driver. That made the story even better. He's always exaggerating things. So that's but, his M.O. What? Greg, but Greg, he knew because of the proven skid marks that it was Neil's fault or whatever her name, Neil. Yeah, you know, it does, the facts that. don't matter. These guys are always just, you know, just creating myth. They want myth, myths around the mythology. You know, it sounds better. He knows. He doesn't know anything anymore. You know, the truth lies. They all blend together. He doesn't. He's just a terrible guy. Terrible in so many ways. Thank you, Carlotta. Thank you. Sorry we didn't mention it to you right off the top, but uh, I think we got. How are things up in Rhode Island? 
they're fine. But there's another thing. Have you seen Oppenheimer yet? Yes. Okay. So it's the same thing with the senator. Who was it? Robert Downey, who played the senator. Once he did not play a senator. He played the chair of the committee, chair of the uh, International Atomic uh, Energy. No, wait, what the hell did he play? There's some sort of uh, institute in New Jersey. He played the head of that institute. He wasn't a senator. So it just goes to show that once they get power, it's all about a pissing contest. It has nothing to do with truth anymore. A pissing contest. Well, you know what? Some people know how to wield power. Some. Not many, but some. And they do it very well. You know who I'm talking about? You can look it up. Ray Kelly. Real power for a long time. Never abused it. Never. Never a gaffe. Almost perfect service. Left with 75% approval rating. And um, in a city like this, isn't that kind of amazing? Remember that. Remember that. There are some people who know how to apply it uh, for the public good. And thank you, and we'll be right back. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. we got one more time. Let's uh, let's go to... Uh, Sandra, I got, hey, Sandra, how are you? Greg, thank you and Mr. Stevenson for having the courage to share that story last night and today. I was very happy to see uh, it go to the post with your name very brightly there. And the message I got from this is that the Biden family, they're dangerous, and he really cares about Donald Trump. They wound his life, even though it's good now. But he's worried about Donald Trump. And, I, and I'm, I'm very grateful to both of you for doing that. Well, thank you, Sandra. Thank you very, very much. It was a privilege to help uh, Bill tell his story. And he's not going anywhere. Thank you very much. Be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, so Con Ed wants us to set the air conditioner at 78 degrees. I got mine at 67. <laughs> I like it chilly. Con Ed, uh, we need air conditioning right now. Air conditioning is on 78. 78 degrees is uncomfortably warm. All right? Now, I don't want a blackout or a brownout, whatever a brownout is. Uh, but uh, I think this is on you, Con Ed. I like it cold. Um, especially, uh, yeah, that's one of the nice things about summer, air conditioning. So there's a, they're really telling people left and right. It's on their website. Please, please set the, uh, set it to 78. Who would do that? It's like turning the heat on. Hey, Eric Adams got heckled. I hope this is good. Some lady got into his face about something. Cut 17. Why are you treating illegal aliens better than you're treating Americans? Why are you treating illegal aliens better than you're treating Americans? Why are you destroying the city with illegal aliens? Mr. Mayor, four more years. Four more years. Okay. I'm asking. I'm asking you a question. Why are you destroying the city and providing for illegal aliens when the veterans are mentally ill in the street around the corner from here? They didn't. I have an accent, but that's why I asked you. Don't get me a racist. Right. Did you have an accent? Okay. You have an accent. Yes, I have an accent, and I'll tell you why. I work here. I never asked for a dime from anybody. They don't want to ask for a dime. Yes, they do. You've been given a. All right, good for her. Good for her. He has no answer for any of this stuff. No answer. Except to kind of vaguely uh, hint, uh, well, who are you? Well, where, where's your accent from? Where are you from? Are you even American? That's what he seemed to be getting at. 
hey, Americans come from all over the place. We love uh, legal immigration. And you know why we love it? Seriously, remember this, okay? They have to sign a great big, raise their right hand saying they love America and they believe in the Constitution. And if it comes to it, they'll pick up arms to defend America. A lot of people who are born here don't even have to do that, right? Voluntary to join the military. They basically they basically are on standby to join the military. So uh, I love legal immigrants. It was one of the most beautiful things I ever saw at the Republican National Convention when there was a uh, some woman from Bolivia, some guy from Nigeria, um, uh, some kid from Bangladesh, uh, all of them and a bunch more, all standing there with President Trump taking the citizenship oath. It was an amazing moment. And, uh, you know, take that, uh, you wicked people on the left. You're always trying to demonize us, talk about us like we're racist, like we're xenophobes. No, we love the world. We love people. We also love our culture, our mores, the way things are done here in America. If you want to join that, great. If you want to come here with, uh, say, some version of, I don't know, Sharia law, that's not going to work. That's one of the reasons why Sweden and France are having trouble big time because the people are there. They came illegally and they're living a different way of life that gets in the way of the kind of system they want to have in France. This is not xenophobic. This is not racist. Okay. This is common sense. It doesn't matter what the hell you look like, but you got to sign up for our way of life, our constant. Why else would you want to be here unless you want to take it over, unless you want to undermine it? And that's happening. And a lot of them do want to do that, I think. And a lot of people who are here want that to happen. They're called Democrats. All right, so that was kind of cool. There's nothing else to say about um, Sinead O'Connor. That's uh, yeah, 56. My wife was deeply moved by that. I wasn't as deeply moved. I kind of saw it coming. You know, she was one of these people who was having meltdowns all the time. Um. You know, fame can be, ooh. Alan Alda said, the only thing that fame does, it makes whatever problems you have worse. It's like interesting because a lot of people, that's all they want. Well, she was, Sinead O'Connor, basically household name famous. Is it that one song? I can't name one other Sinead O'Connor song other than that uh, fancy restaurant song. Can you? Jack Schlossberg is the grandson of JFK and all the Kennedys are coming out against Robert F. Kennedy. I'm totally, I love Robert F. Kennedy. I love what he stands for. I, I, I wish him, lo- you know, I saw Carl Rove. What an arrogant jerk that guy is saying the only reason why people are paying attention is because he's a Kennedy. It's his ideas that we find appealing. All right. We would be, <laughs> he's interesting. He's speaking common sense. And it's not that he was a Kennedy. It's that what he's been exposed to. He knows this country the way few people do. He knows the plumbing. He knows the architecture. He knows where the proverbial bodies are buried. So here's uh, Jack Schlossberg, who is, I believe this is Caroline Kennedy's son, Jack Kennedy's grandson, and like many of the Kennedys coming out against RFK. Cut 15. He's trading in on Camelot, celebrity, conspiracy theories, and conflict for personal gain and fame. I've listened to him. I know him. Hey. I have no idea. He's reading, by the way. He's totally reading that, right? He's totally reading that announcement, but whatever. Hey, trading in on Camelot, 
Why the hell were you invited to speak at the Democrat National Convention in 2020? I think it might have had something to do with Camelot. Conspiracy theories. Oh, you mean like the the, the virus came from the Wuhan lab? Conspiracy theory, right? <laughs> Keep going. I've listened to him. Oh, there we go. I know him. I have no idea why anyone thinks he should be president. What I do know is his candidacy is an embarrassment. Well, maybe to you, <laughs> because uh, he's actually making his own way in the world. Uh, the, some of the Kennedys have a reputation of not doing that. I don't know from this guy. Maybe he does. I do know that he recently, the guy you just heard from, Jack, had a big meltdown about poor restaurant service. Really, he went viral because he was complaining about restaurants. So I, I don't think this guy has much in the way of real-world problems. Um his little sister, I understand, is a pretty decent writer. I actually remember reading something, and this never happens. You ever read an article in the newspaper? It's like, hey, this is actually really good. Who wrote this? And uh, it was a very good story about bodegas in New York. I'm like, wow, this really, this is, this person understands the bodega. Who is this? And it was her. I think her name is Tina or something like that. All right, got to get ready to uh, depart. Let's just go around very quickly. Uh, Mike, yeah, hi. Hey, what's going on? Uh, I was just—I just wanted to say you were talking before about how uh, Dems are always throwing the, you know, MAGA Republican thing around, and I—I uh, I, I could see you getting this to catch on, like uh, start calling the Dems uh, massive Dems, like uh, Make America SH again, Mm-mm. something like that. What, uh, what is it? Say the word again. Massa, M-A-S-A instead of MAGA. I don't think that's going to take off. I could see you getting it. Though, I mean, no? I know, but I, it's not mine, so I can't really get into it. Okay. Uh, sorry. I mean, I like the way you're thinking, though. Let's come up with a slogan, but we don't need a slogan. We don't need a, you know, we don't need a gimmick. I don't think we do. I think we're uh, we're right on the merits, and I think we're cruising to uh, to an overwhelming victory. <laughs> but anything can happen, and I am nervous. I am. Ner- Mike, thank you for that. Massa, huh? We'll see. We'll see. Let's go to uh, Vic. Vic, yes, sir. Hi, Greg. Uh, I just want to tell you, uh, Mark Simone was ballyhooing you today. He said how great your interview is, and he's always saying, telling people to tune in to your show uh, 10 o'clock every night. Uh, so he, he really is a big fan of yours. Yeah, vice versa. I love and respect Mark. He's a, he's a great guy, great broadcaster, great friend. And it's nice to hear that he was doing that. Uh, thank you very much. And uh, he is on another radio station. We'll forgive him for that. But, uh, yeah, thank you, Vic. He is uh, – He is. He, I, I consider him a mentor. He's very, really a very unbelievably talented and brilliant guy. Thank you, Vic. Uh, so, oh, that's nice. Yeah, you know, you don't have too many mentors in life. You know what I mean? There, it doesn't happen all that much. America, our society is unfortunately very dog eat dog, right? Everyone's looking over their shoulder and what's, who's going to take mine and, you know, that kind of thing. Don't worry about it. God will take care of everybody. All right. You know, and it says it in the Bible. Those, uh, those birds, uh, flying around and, uh, you know, those, uh, those animals, somehow they get fed. <laughs> somehow they have shelter. And he makes the point, Jesus does that, you know, aren't you more important than those guys? You are. So don't worry. I'm going to take care of you as well. And you don't have to worry about what you're going to eat. You don't have to worry about what you're going to wear because uh, if you if you live right and if you, um, you know, try to get – those things will be taken care of. Even if you don't live right sometimes. Look, God works in very mysterious ways, and we love him for that. All right. Uh, give me a moment. I'll be right back. Uh, yeah! 
Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. You know, I like Ron DeSantis. Uh, I said in July of last year that he shouldn't run for president. He wasn't ready. He had too much uh, work to do on his uh, political skills. I, I know he did well in Florida and all that stuff, and but I just could tell he wasn't ready. Too young. Um, he, he went too. F- he went. It all happened too fast. And I thought it was a mistake. And now we're all seeing that a new story that uh, he had to get rid of 40 percent of his staff, 40 percent of his campaign staff. Now, I will say this. Someday he could be president. I'd probably vote for him uh, this time around. I'm for Trump, obviously, enthusiastically for Trump. But um, it's not the end of the world when you fire staff. It happens all the time. Actually, it reminded me, I, I think I heard Levin talking about this. Uh, you know, John Sears was managing Ronald Reagan's campaign in 1980. Right after Ronald Reagan won New Hampshire, he fired John Sears. Uh, these things happen all the time. It's not a big deal. God, what's his name? Um, what's his name? Forgive me. Donald Trump. He fired the campaign manager. He fired the campaign chairman all in 2016. Um, now, did they get rid of 40% of the staff? No. But apparently the staff was very bloated and they spent a little bit too much money Anyway, so uh, these things are very inside baseball. They don't really matter staffing. I mean, who the hell is the chief of staff to Ron DeSantis right now? Can anybody name that? Who's the who's the chief of staff, by the way, to the president? Huh? Nobody knows. That guy's keeping a low profile. I happen to remember just now. I didn't when I started this. His name is Zeins, Z-I-E-N-T-S, Zeins. And he's as mysterious as that name. <laughs> he's just a nowhere to be seen. He's a mega millionaire, made his money doing, I think, public relations for pharmaceutical companies. Hmm. Um, well, good for him. Uh, for us, we're on our own. We're on our own. Uh, DeSantis suggests he could pick RFK to lead the FDA or CDC. That's probably a smart thing to say. The other thing I can't stand these days is Mitt Romney throwing rocks from the side, always trying to trip up Trump and his team, too. Uh, it's not worth mentioning. Stuart Stevens nasty guy you know they had a chance to beat obama and they failed that was a winnable race in 2012 wasn't it right anything new on that crane situation if james wants to come in uh the crane fell down i see 11 people were injured and uh what are we going to do next about that yeah here he comes um the crane it was spectacular i mean the way that thing fell and it kind of just folded it looked like it melted it reminded me a little bit just a little bit like a like a 911 you know, a trillion light years less serious, but it kind of, for some reason, reminded me a little bit of nine eleven. the way that the melting of it, you know, James Flippin. Hey, Greg. So what's up, man? So uh, not too much. How are you? Tell me about the crane. Anything new? Yeah. So I don't know. No, if you... Forget the crane. I mean, everyone's fine, right? Everyone's alive. Everybody's alive. Yeah. Minor injuries. Amazingly. Uh, but they do know, it seems like they know what caused the fire that started inside that engine compartment you know some 48 stories up or whatever it was somebody was smoking no no i know that would that would fit a narrative i guess perhaps what um it was leaky hydraulic fluid and then it fell onto some heated plate inside the engine compartment that started the fire and then you know that fire i guess there's mitigation efforts that the crane operators are trained to do he tried to do that it got way too intense the guy knew he had to get off the crane and then you know as you just mentioned the steel cable gets so heated that eventually it just kind of snaps Okay, well, we're glad everybody lived. I riveted you with that story. I'm so sorry. (laughs) sorry. Tell me more. Hey, did you see? I mean, this is wild. The family of the serial killer alleged 
is yes. back in that house. That's right. They went home today. Or News 12 Long Island's got video of that. How can you let that house sit there? Now I we're getting like – because the cops aren't there anymore except mm-hmm. for one cop like for security. So the cameras are really up close to the house. And you see how decrepit and messy it is. And he desperately needs a paint job. It desperately needs – it's like – it really isn't like a – it's like a shed. Yeah. So, you know, what? yesterday what I did was I, I called Massapequa Park Village and I asked their village resident services department or whatever it is if they had any record of people lodging complaints about that house. Because the first thing that jumped out to me was the fact that his front porch was held up with plywood. And I said, that's – some neighbor is going to complain about that. They're not going to be happy. And then you had a caller who referenced – I think she lives there – that it's a very strict neighborhood in terms of you got to have your fence facing a certain way and your yeah. gate's got to be a certain way. So that just was hinky to what, me. What they say on the phone, they probably said, uh, you know. What do you think they said? You got to come in and look at those records yourself. They said, I have to submit a FOIL request for those records. So I did, um, which is not like a formal thing. I just sent an email and said, hey, this is a FOIL request. I spoke to X, Y, and Z in the department, and they haven't gotten back to me yet. I imagine it'll take a while. but. Um, I'm trying to figure out if anybody actually officially complained about this guy's house over the last, you know, 10 years. Um, all right. We got people trying to tie him to uh, victim A, B, and C, and you're trying to find out if anybody complained about the lawn. Well, I mean, I understand. <laughs> but see, the implication is why would there not be any complaints about this? You know, if if there if there was people complaining. Well, let's say there was. Then what? If there were people complaining? Yeah then I think it's kind of bizarre that nothing was in essence they, done about They this. don't send the SWAT team in. I mean, there's no recourse. I'm not suggesting that, but there has to be something. I mean, there has to be fines. I mean, they're ticketing people for driving by the guy's house right now. You no, know, you give them a ticket. I mean, like like uh, some people are just not, you know, I mean, if you want to have a messy house in America, you can have a messy house. You know, you can. Well, you know, I mean, again, it depends on where you live. Because people will complain, and they then com- you're going to get know, tickets. They, they, well, I don't know if you can get a ticket for that. I mean, I... uh there was a guy who had a house around the corner from me. It was decrepit. It was weird. It was haunted, we thought. But two lawyers lived there. They were just eccentric people. They didn't mm-hmm. take care of their house. I mean, this is America. If you don't want to cut your lawn, you don't have to cut your lawn. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, I don't know how it works in terms of certain municipalities. I mean, this is how there. it works in America, man. If you want to be messy, you can be messy. I don't want the police telling me to cut my lawn. I'm not saying that they should or shouldn't be able to do it. I'm just saying that this is potentially what happens in some of these towns where neighbors get uh, nosy. Were you rude to the clerk at Massapequa Park? I don't believe I was. I think I was very I friendly. It. I heard you on the phone, actually. Now I put it all together. You what get you, a little. You get a little testy. You think I was them. being tested? I thought you were getting a little bit aggressive. I would have told you to get lost too. <laughs> uh, submit a FOIA. We'll get right on it. You'll get your information in 36 months. I also a uh, friend requested the mayor of that town on Facebook because I wanted to interview him about just everything that's going on. Oh well, you want to hear something weird? I friend requested the daughter. Oh okay, and to ask her to come on as a guest. No, just to. Well, you're into the Just true crime. Chill. You're into the true crime <laughs> I, I stuff. I don't mean that. I don't mean that. You're interested in I it. I am interested in it. I am interested in it. Which that I stuff. understand. I mean, again, I feel like I'm just kind of pulling at threads. The daughter, as well. by the way, is 25 years old, all right? So nobody gets crazy. Mm-hmm. All right. Well. And the son, I guess, is back there, too, is uh, back at the house. This is true. He is. All right. Hey, listen, Marvin's been on hold for a long time. You want to hear Marvin? Hello. Hello? Yes. Uh, yes, I'm sorry about that. I had you on speaker. Uh, so briefly, I want to talk about the FBI and Christopher Wray. Well, with the politicization of the agency, uh, the FBI, that is, and other federal and state law enforcement agencies, 
Uh, it really accounts for the uh, part of the reason that we're seeing an uptick in actual crime in big cities like New York. And what do I mean by that? Because basically the federal agencies and the police agencies are too busy persecuting people for political reasons as opposed to investigating actual criminality. Now, if you recall, I mean, when people think of a police state, they think crime-free. Oh, nothing could be further from the, from the truth. Police states are rife with crime. Why? Because their police organs and agencies are way too busy monitoring and policing people for ideological reasons. And that's essentially what's happened in the United States. Yeah, I buy it. You're right. You're right, Marvin. Thank you, Marvin. Uh, This is still my show, but uh, I appreciate it. Very, very good point. That is, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. You can read about it in my book, oh, by the way, uh, Justice for All, How the Left is Wrong About Law Enforcement. Uh, Still available wherever books are sold. And uh, did you get one yet, uh, James? No, actually, I, I do you have a copy handy? No, when I meant, did you did you buy one yet? Oh, did you oh, buy one? Oh, I'm oh. trying to make a, a few bucks here. Oh, I understand. I mean, uh, that is, I will say, not not you, but that is an annoying question. A couple of people just said, "When do I get my book? <laughs> when do you buy it? I don't know. Like when? Like I had a duty right. to get them that book, and I just found that so like because I was trying to, you know, I want the numbers up to get on of the course. chart, you yes. know. And uh, you'd be surprised how many people uh, uh, wanted a, a, a freebie, and and not not that just like like. It wasn't that they wanted a freebie. They just expected me to do it for them, too. I can't do anything. I can't mail a letter. Right. I mean, it would take me – It take. I, there's like I, I, two years I've been wanting to send somebody a letter. But you could call your publisher, right, and say, hey, can I get some uh, I don't know if I could even do that. You know what I mean? That would be – that would take effort. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's certain things I'm good at. There's certain things – errands to-do lists administrative stuff I, I totally get it i'm not an organization guy myself so. uh yeah no i stink at that and i wish i were better because at heart in my heart of hearts i'm an organized uh very neat person mm-hmm. like felix unger do you remember felix oh yeah i got a lot of that in me actually but um nobody else seems to know it anyway james thank you thank you everybody and uh we'll be back tomorrow all the best thank you to bill stevenson our special guest who called in and, you know, is married to Jill and uh, knows the Bidens very well.